Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, hey, everybody here in the room. Hey to those of you tuning in live online right now. And if you're catching up on demand after, thanks for making some time in your week to be with us. If we have not met yet, my name's Jody. I serve on staff here. Uh, I am actually your director of weekend experience. And all that means is that I get to lead the teams that dream up and then execute everything that uh, happens here during a service at the Ridge. It is the best job. Well, one of the other things that you should know about me is that I married really well. And actually, for those of you watching online right now, you get to see this handsome Italian guy every so often hosting services for you, so his face might look familiar. Uh, His real name's Nathan. I call him Mr. Amazing. Here he is, because he is amazing, right? Uh, And now, I think I have the freedom after 10 years to say that not everything about Mr. Amazing is quite so amazing. That's okay. Um, There's one thing in particular, though, that has become kind of a running family gag, and that is his very small bladder. So, let's just say that a few years ago when he told me uh, this story after he had gone out to eat with some people, I wasn't surprised. So, he had gone out to a restaurant and had to use the restroom. Uh, So he goes to the back hallway or wherever the bathroom's located, kind of tries the door to get in and can't. So he waits a moment or two, is like, well, maybe maybe I I don't hear anybody in there, maybe something happened. So he tries it again, cannot get in. Now, side note, it's at this point in the story that I kind of pause and wonder, like, when does this ever happen to a dude, right? Like, when does a guy ever have to wait to get into a bathroom? Like, never. I think that's why this one stands out for me. Um, But, okay, so... He tries to get in and can't and waits a few minutes, and at this point, it's becoming more and more urgent that Mr. Amazing and his very unamazing bladder need to use the restroom. So he tries the door and still cannot get in. Well, about this time, some other dude walks in the hallway and gives Mr. Amazing the most bizarre look, slides the door open, (laughs) walks in and uses the bathroom. Okay, so... It had been there and accessible the whole time. Mr. Amazing had just missed what it was gonna take to be able to use it. And believe it or not, I actually think that that bathroom door is a lot like prayer for most of us. See, here's the thing. We want to access what's on the other side. We see value in it. And hey, even at some points in our lives, we have an urgency for it. We just don't know what it's gonna take to pray the kind of prayers that allow God to move. But that's what we wanna learn how to do. We wanna learn how to pray prayers that move the very heart of God and move us into action. And that is what this whole series has been about. 
Dangerous prayers is an awesome concept, and right off the bat, we gotta say thanks to uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel and his team at Life Church because Craig not only wrote the book on this, uh, he did a teaching series on it as well that kind of sparked our journey together uh, as a church for it. And what we're realizing as we journey through this together is that as people who follow Jesus, we were not called to safe lives. It's not a part of the package. Now, fulfilling or rewarding or loving, yeah, sure, all of that, but safety is never guaranteed, and that's kind of where my inner rebel kicks in, is like, yeah, let's go, and so we have. The first two weeks of the series, these are the prayers that we learn to pray. First, make me bold, and then last week we talked about God speak to me, and I hope you're starting to make these a part of your daily prayer life. And what we have learned is that these kinds of dangerous prayers are gonna stretch us. They're gonna push us way out of our comfort zone. But when we go there, they're gonna deepen our faith in ways that safe prayers never will. And so if you missed either of these weeks, man, I sure hope you catch up on our YouTube channel because there's some awesome stuff there as a part of this series. And that brings us to week three, the final week of this series, and what I think is the most dangerous of all of the prayers. And here's why it's so dangerous. This prayer is definitely gonna make you uncomfortable. This prayer could cost you something or cause you pain. This prayer could do a total 180 on your life. And before you say thanks for being so encouraging, Jody, and make a mass exodus for the door or click onto something else, I gotta ask you to hang on, but even more than me asking you to hang on and listen, I think God wants you to pray this prayer. And here's why I think he wants you to pray it. It's because this prayer will prepare you for the blessings that God wants to give you and other people. And it is in this prayer that we see God making efforts toward redeeming this broken world. And this is my absolute favorite. I believe in this prayer, you will get to know the very heart of God. So, that said, are you ready? You wanna know what it is? All right, here is the prayer. God, break my heart. And I wanna be very clear from the very beginning. When I say, God, break my heart, I'm not talking about the break like, hey God, my life is a Jenga game. Will you maybe topple off the first three rows of blocks because I can scoop them back up real quick, stack them back up, win the game, and be on to the next thing. That's not what I'm talking about here. Because when we say we wanna pray the prayer, God, break my heart, we're talking about things like a marriage destroyed because of pornography, or a friendship lost because of a breach in trust, or a child who dies too soon because of an addiction, or a family provider who gets downsized and loses that family's income. We're talking about a banged up, bashed to pieces monstrosity that only God can put back together again. So what happens when you pray this prayer, God break my heart? Well, I think that your heart will begin to reflect more of his heart. And sure, we all kind of think that we understand God's heart, right? We understand at least intellectually, conceptually, the head game of it, what God's heart must be like. This is totally different. This is experiencing for yourself at like a gut check level how God's heart hurts for his people, and it's where his power 
can give you purpose. And that is the kind of heartbreak I want you to ask God for. Now, thousands of years ago, there was a prophet who asked God for this kind of heartbreak, but I wanna share his story with you, and I gotta tell you, he has the worst nickname, so let's get that out of the way right away. Okay, here it is, the weeping prophet. It makes him sound really wussy, doesn't it? Like really weak. And here's the thing, he wasn't weak at all because this dude served God 40 years and under the reign of five kings. If that doesn't take some toughness and tenacity, I really don't know what does. And this guy's name is Jeremiah. You can read his story in the Old Testament. And during his day, God's people were seriously rebelling. I mean, like horrendous stuff, stuff you wouldn't even hear about today, like taking advantage of the poor, abusing widows. They were worshiping false gods, even sacrificing babies. Just horrendous, horrendous stuff. And we read chapter after chapter in his book of the Bible where Jeremiah sees what his people are doing and he's just pleading with them to turn back to God, right? And this whole time, God's heart is broken over the sinfulness of his people. And Jeremiah sees how God's reacting and he sees the messages that God's asking him to go deliver. And finally, he just, he, he can't take it anymore. And so as a part of this big, massive speech he gives, we read that he says this, my grief is beyond healing, my heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people, I mourn and am overcome with grief. The first thing I want you to notice is Jeremiah's condition, his broken heart being tied to what? The condition of his people. The thing that God had asked him to have the broken heart about. And I know a lot of you are gonna see that right away and go, man, Jody, like, I can barely take care of my own stuff. I don't need God to give me anybody or any other thing to worry about. And listen, I get it, but I actually think you do want it. And it's because of what God can do in you and through you. But we're gonna get to that in a second, so just hang on, okay? Because the other thing I want you to see is the severity of this. This isn't something Jeremiah slaps a Band-Aid on and fixes, right? This is an ongoing, persistent struggle. It's not a small pain that you have once and that you let go. Jeremiah saw what was broken, and he knew he alone couldn't fix it. But for decades, we read sermon after sermon, even to this day that he gave, trying to convince his people to turn back to God. I mean, 40 years is like a really long time to have a heartbreak. But he kept going, and he kept trying, and he kept responding to how God had broken his heart. And then he writes this, which is a really unique word to use, I'm overcome with grief. Have you, have you ever described yourself as overcome? Because I haven't. I think that's a tough thing to understand, that level of grief. And if it's that tough to understand, it kind of makes you go, well, what does that look like for me? I mean, like, what does that look like really? And there's a suburban soccer mom named Gretchen who actually knows what this looks like because it happened to her. She allowed God to break her heart. Uh, I don't know Gretchen personally, but I can tell you that her God-given heartbreak has impacted me. 
you know, it was a bunch of years ago, and she uh, took a trip to Haiti. She was there to visit this 18-month-old little girl that she was in the process of adopting. And she had gone to the orphanage for a day-long visit. They had an awesome time, right, just bonding, kind of just being together. And as visiting hours were wrapping up for the day, she had to collect her stuff and prepare to go. And uh, so she does, and she decides that she really wants to understand to the best that she can what this little girl is coming from. So she wants to walk around this community outside Port-au-Prince and just get a flavor for the culture and the people and the community, and that's what she does. And as she's walking around for quite some time, she just gets this overwhelming feeling or sensation or whatever it is that you want to call it that she's, she's got to go back to the orphanage. So she does, she turns around and she starts walking back and on the way back she meets this other American woman and they exchange uh, highs because they speak at least a common language. And as they're small talking, she realizes this woman is a medical missionary on a trip to Haiti and Gretchen gets to share a little bit and somehow mentions this weird feeling she's having. So this woman who is a total stranger agrees to go with her back to the orphanage. So they start walking back, and as they get to the facility, uh, they see it, and everything looks okay. And then they get a little closer, and they get a little closer, and then they hear it. And it's the sound of screaming and crying. So they know something is not right, and they're pounding on the door as hard as they can, and real quick, they get real clear that help is not coming because this place has been locked up for the night and whoever used to be there is not there anymore. And so, I, I don't know, they just figure this is not okay and I don't know if they break in or what, but they get inside somehow and they start pillaging through closets and pantries, whatever they have to do to get these kids milk and food just to help them in any way that they can. And see, it's at this point in the story that I need to pause for a second to remind you that Haiti is a poor country. In fact, uh, it is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, and it is also known as having a very corrupt government. So the rules that play here just don't play there, and whatever it is that you think is gonna happen next in this story isn't gonna happen. Because see, the cops show up, and they stop Gretchen and this other woman from helping, and they remove them from the scene. And as all this is kind of swirling in Gretchen's mind, she realizes that not only has she been stopped from helping all of these kids, she's being stopped from helping her kid. She's just lost her daughter. Because you better believe there is no way the Haitian government is going to allow a troublemaking American woman to take this child, adopt her, and then take her to a foreign country. So now what? Well, she gets on the plane and she heads back home. Now is she grieving? Of course she's grieving. God had broken her heart, but he wasn't done yet. And that whole plane ride home, she kept hearing him say, Gretchen, Gretchen, you can do better for these kids. You can do better. And she's like, God, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about orphanages or international adoption or nonprofits or how to raise money. God, what? Gretchen, you can do better for these kids. 
So she gets home and she doesn't know what to do. So she just starts asking questions and having conversations. What would it really take to try to pull something like that off? And guess what, it's messy. In fact, it's kind of beyond messy, it's pretty much chaos. And so as she's hearing all of this, uh, she gets a phone call. And it's from a cop in Haiti who she met while she was there. He happens to be a Christian. And he tells her, I have the first child for your orphanage. What should I do? God, break my heart. Smash it to pieces so that I am never the same. And today, Three Angels Haiti is not just an orphanage, but it is also a medical clinic and a school where every year hundreds of kids get a free Christ-centered education that they never would have gotten had some suburban soccer mom with no training, no experience, nothing on her resume that had anything to do with this, not been willing to say yes to having a broken heart from God. And it'd be awesome if the story ended there, right? Like if those children in Haiti were the only ones to benefit from Gretchen's broken heart, but guess what, God doesn't work that way. Because all those years ago when Three Angels started, I had the amazing opportunity to sponsor the education of one of those students. And now, 15 years later, my family sponsors the education of two kids each year. And our two kids, get to learn a lot about the love of Jesus by sponsoring those two kids so far away. So let me ask you, what do you think that ripple effect does to the very heart of God? Because we all say we wanna have an eternal impact, we wanna make a difference, we just don't know what that is or where that begins, and I'll tell you what, that begins with you praying this prayer, God, break my heart. But now you're starting to see how truly dangerous this prayer is. This is not a call to a comfortable life. And let me ask you, is that something you even want? Because I don't know about you, but I really like being comfortable. Like comfortable is why I do not camp. <laughs> comfortable is why I despise high heels. Comfortable means more time for me and the stuff that I like, like a nap on the weekend. Comfortable means I hear a whisper from God, but I ignore it because that is way the heck easier than paying attention. And you know what? Being comfortable is easy, but it's not fulfilling. It's not going to give you a reason to get out of bed in the morning, is it? And culture, you know, culture will tell you, hey, when you don't have a care in the world, when you have the money or the staff to think about it and worry about it for you, you've made it, life is easy. But do you know anybody who actually exists, who lives that life? Because I don't. I don't think they really do exist. And if they don't, then we gotta ask, so why does God want me to pray this prayer break my heart? Well, there are three reasons, but to figure them out, we gotta back way up to the beginning of Jeremiah's story, to the, to the part where God first shows up on the scene and gives him his call on his life. 
And when we do that, we see the first reason God wants us to pray this prayer, and it is to give you purpose. This is how he does it for Jeremiah. Let's read this together. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Hey, Jeremiah, we go way back. Like, dude, you get that I dreamed you into existence? Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Jeremiah, I have a plan for you. Who you are and what you do, it matters to me. You matter to me. See, when we pray, God, break my heart, God answers in an intimate way because we're one of his kids. I mean, he made us and put us in our mother's stomach. Like, he picked her out for us. He knows your ins and your outs, and then you get a God-given purpose from him to be a part of his plan to redeem this world, and there is nothing like the feeling of a God-given purpose that, that he's given to just you. Nothing compares to that feeling. Not a job success that you achieve on your own, not seeing your kids do something fantastic, not fitting into skinny jeans again at the end of COVID, nothing. But here's the tricky part about this, because if, if you're honest, just be honest, and you see God coming at you with all of this and all of that it means, what's your reaction gonna be? Because if you're like me, you're kinda like, ah, time out God, this seems real heavy, this is kind of a lot, can we scale it down a bit? And you're not far off from Jeremiah's reaction either, this is what he tells God. Oh sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you, I'm too young. This is kind of a crazy prayer, right? It's like, uh, hey God who's in control, who knows everything, who created everything, it's too much, can't do it. You ever do that? Like God starts to show up and give you a glimmer of how or why he wants to use you and right away, man, you kick into your why not list. That doesn't feel safe. There might be a cost to it, an emotional or physical toll. God, you might ask me to actually do something and I'm way not ready to do anything. God, I don't think so. Well, God interrupts Jeremiah's why not list with the second reason that he wants us to pray this prayer and it is to deepen your faith. This is how he tries to get the message across to Jeremiah. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Now, this is such a total dad moment for God, isn't it? I mean, he's like, dude, remember, there is a proper order to things. I am the boss, you are the kid, you do what I say, you go where I say, you trust me, have faith, and then I'm gonna show up. I love that moment. You know, and when you're willing to do what God asks of you and to go where he asks of you, you give him the opportunity to show up in ways that he couldn't otherwise. He gets to show you how he can keep his promises. He gets to show you his faithfulness and fulfill these dreams for you. Now, it doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy. It probably won't be, but it does mean that he's gonna be with you the entire time. And that leads us to the third reason that God wants you to pray this prayer, and that is to reveal his love for you. This is how he does it for Jeremiah. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Hey, Jeremiah, I know you're worried. 
And I know not just that you're worried, I actually know what you're worried about, I know you're scared. It's okay. You're not gonna go it alone, we're gonna do this together. I'm gonna keep you safe. When you need me, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna be there like any good dad. And I know you can do it. You see, if you allow God to break you, he will also rebuild you. And he's gonna rebuild you in a way that no one else can because he loves you more than anyone else can. You gotta remember that this kind of heart hurt, this kind of heartbreak, it means something totally different to God because Jesus' body was broken for us because God's heart was broken over us. This is God-sized love. You know, I, uh, I remember a really cold, sloppy, slushy, icky Wisconsin winter night, and this was a few years ago. And God asked me to pray this prayer. I really, uh, candidly, I hadn't before. And I heard this one word answer in response, and it was surrender. Just surrender, that was it. And it was weird for me, because I don't know, I'm not in the habit of DMing with God, right? So that was new for me, uh, to get such a clear answer. And you guys remember my husband, Mr. Amazing? Well, he had been going through some job stuff at the time, so I really felt like this was awesome. It was just a clear message for him. So I was like, oh, thanks, God. So I, I go to Mr. Amazing. I tell him what I've been doing. I tell him the answer that uh, I got during prayer. And I was like, sweet, check that off. Move on to the next thing. Thanks, God. Uh, and legit, like the next day, the very next day, I have my annual review here at the Ridge. And at the time, I'd been working part-time doing communications here. And I was preparing just to transition into a full-time role doing more of the exact same stuff. So I go to Starbucks, remember when we used to hang out at Starbucks? Uh, and I meet our executive pastor, Jason, and we just have some awesome small talk, catch up, and then he starts telling me about some internal staffing changes uh, that he thinks are coming, including the creation of this new role that we just have never had before. And it's somebody to really kind of shepherd and oversee our whole guest experience and just hopefully break down some barriers and give people an easier time connecting with God. And then he asks me what I think about that role and what somebody would need to be able to do it. And, you know, this is my annual review and I want to look good. So I make some stuff up because I have no idea. So I just start listing stuff that I think is going to sound really good to him. And uh, he's nodding along. I'm like, yes, okay, nailed it. So, uh, and, and eventually I, I just run out of stuff to say. So I get quiet and he gets quiet and he still has the smile on his face. And then he looks right at me and he says, hey, Jody, what about you? So time froze, and I think it did because it like took my mind a few seconds to catch up to where the conversation had gone, and then, man, my why not list kicked right in. Uh, hey, Jason, I don't know if you know that, but like this whole list of things that I just gave you for this person's resume, I have none of those. And not only that, I don't know how to go get any of them. And like the Ridge has never had this role before, so you really gotta go find somebody who's done this before and bring them in so they can do it for us and kind of teach us what this all means. You definitely do not want me. And so we leave with him asking me to think about it. And I work at a church, so I'm gonna pray about it. 
And you guys know what happens next, right? Yeah, you do. Surrender, Jody, surrender. God shows up and he reveals my broken heart. Because you see, my heart breaks for people who think church has to be boring or it's not for them. And so they never come and they never get to find out about the love and the hope of Jesus. And my heart breaks for people who do try church and feel unwanted or unwelcome and so they walk away and they never come back. And my heart hurts and it breaks for people who do it attend church and uh, they just don't see diversity around them in any significant way. And so they don't feel affirmed that they have a space and a place in this family of God. You know, God was there the whole time and he reveals my heartbreak and then he just asks me to use my heartbreak for his purposes. And you know, here's the thing. I'm not saying I have it all figured out. I didn't back then. I'm three years in and I still don't. It's why I'm super dependent on the amazing team that we have that's here on staff. And I'm not saying that God's gonna call you into a job change, although I would like to point out that I'm one of several people on staff who are proof God can and will work that way on occasion. So I wouldn't be surprised if at least a few of you end up working here someday. And I'm also not saying this is easy because the tough stuff is really, really tough. But here's what I am saying. This is the most rewarding and fulfilling thing that I have ever done. And my story would not be complete without this chapter in it. And I don't want you to get to the end of your journey and to come to the realization that you're missing a chapter in your story. So, if you're feeling dangerous, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. God, break my heart. Blow it up, smash it to pieces, crush it, God. Stomp on it so I am never the same. And God, through that, reveal to me a sense of who you are and your heart. And when you do that, God, show me, show me my glimmer of how I can be a part of redeeming this fallen world because God, that stuff matters. And then even if I fail, I fail doing something that matters. And what if you don't fail? What if you make a difference for one person or 10 people or 100 and your faith is stronger and your life is richer? Then I think you're gonna thank God for your broken heart. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for loving each one of us uniquely. God, thank you in advance for all of the ways that you wanna break each heart in this room and each heart that can hear my voice online. God, what a difference we all could make in this world if we step in and say yes. God, would you give us the courage to do it? Would you give us the courage to pray this dangerous prayer. God, would you help reveal to us how your heart hurts for people we know and people we don't. And God, would you invite us, show us a very clear, clear path to take a step closer to you. 
God, most of all, thank you so much for this series. Thank you for reminding us that the creator of the universe also created prayer because he wants to hear from each one of us and you want us to be able to hear from you. God, we thank you so much for that. We hope we never take it for granted. We pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.